on this episode of Go for Bronze, episode 25. Final Fantasy 16 has gone gold. We may soon feel the burning shores. Mark stays calm in a public dispute. And I have the saddest McDonald's order ever. I am Joel Torres, one of your co-hosts. And as always with me is my co-host, Mark Ace Acevedo. Yes, I am here and I am feeling good. I just had four rivers for dinner. Liz has blessed me with that. And she has been uh, gifted with an excellent tax return. And so she bought us dinner, oh, which was which was excellent. Yeah, so, so I've been tracking the as is tax season, right? And our tax deadlines are coming up. I've been tracking it like a madman every day going on the tax return tracker. And I saw today they finally got approved and are sending, which is excellent. But I started off by talking about food because I see you have the saddest uh, McDonald's order ever. Well, what does this entail? So um, today during my lunch break, work was a little a little stressful. And I brought my lunch from home. I, it's what I usually do. It's kind of a basic. I have like an eighth grader's lunch. I have a ham and cheese sandwich usually. And then a bag of potato chips that I eat with the ham and cheese sandwich. So, you know, upgrade it. And then I usually have like an assortment of snacks and then like a sparkly water. But today, you know, it was a little rough. So I was like, I want to get myself a treat on my break to lift me up. <laughs> so I go as a grown man to McDonald's, drive up. And then also on the way there, I was contemplating because I wanted a milkshake. And then I was like, do they even have large sizes? That's how you know I was, I was like in a fat ass mood. I was like, damn, does McDonald's even do large milkshakes anymore? Because I don't know if you notice, there's only one size for the milkshake. They don't ask you like large, medium or anything like that. You just order a shake and you go. So then when I got there, I asked, like, oh, do you guys have large milkshakes? They're like, no, we just have one order size, which is bullshit, by the way. It's a medium milkshake and it's like $4.60. But that's another, that's another topic for another day. But um, then I go up to the line and then the girl just looks at me. She's like, you just ordered a one milkshake, like looked at me with such disdain that I was like, oh, my God, I feel like a piece of shit. I was like, I almost wanted to like just be like, no, I'm my bad. I didn't order that and just like leave. But I mean, uh, a milkshake. I was expecting more. It's pretty safe. It's pretty tame. I feel like it's sad because it's just a singular item. Like it's like they knew that all I wanted was a milkshake. And that's it. I feel like that's what makes it sad. Like the way the lady looked at me made me she shamed me from McDonald's, which I was like, you're working at McDonald's. No shade to McDonald's. But it's like, you're not like in any position to be like throwing shade at me. So like, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. I mean, if that's a sad order to you, then I'm one sad motherfucker. You know that I have ice cream regularly. I mean, that's a single order. It just depends where I'm going. Now you talking about there being a single size for McDonald's. I mean, I've definitely complained to multiple people about how when you go to not, not McDonald's, but when you go to an ice cream specific place and I order a small, a small is not fucking 16 ounces of ice cream. So I think sizing for ice cream can be difficult. Yeah, ice cream is a little wild, honestly, with the sizing. The only place that has great sizing ice cream is Dairy Queen. And that's probably because they put so much shit in it that they're like, we can't be just giving out 16 ounces worth of like half a pound of gummy bears and ice cream. Yeah, that's fair. I haven't had Dairy Queen in a long time. Pam fucking loves Dairy Queen. So it's like a loophole for like us to go. I, I really didn't even understand the, like really what a blizzard was you know i didn't understand the greatness of what is really a dairy queen blizzard until i started dating her and then we started grabbing them regularly not regularly you know it's okay to have them regularly i don't know what all this ice cream shame is for I, but i've had a lot of ice cream so i'm shaming myself this week because i had a milkshake from mcdonald's on monday outing myself <laughs> big time because monday was also a rough day at work so what i do when i have a rough day at work is i like to get a mcdonald's milkshake clearly and then i had the milkshake today and then before we started recording today after my dinner 
I had an ice cream like uh like chocolate covered like ice cream stick like home. The banana, right? yeah. Not the banana. Fuck oh, you. Oh, not the banana. Oh, okay. I was just checking. No, it's like a hot. It's like a Hawken Dawes. <laughs> this shit's so good. Oh my gosh, I'm like starting to water up. So yeah, I love fucking ice cream. Vanilla ice cream specifically is so fucking good. No, the blizzards are fantastic. I whenever I get ice cream at any of these other places, I always get whatever their version of that is, right? So at Culver's, it would be a concrete. At uh, this other place, I really like Brewsters. My boy knows where they all how they all call them. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Is that you're talking about blizzards being good? I'm sure if you try a couple of these other places, you'll be hooked. And then you'll be oh, like, I think oh, with Culver's, there's a Culver's right by me. I'd be getting a hamburger and milkshake in the middle of the day, and then yeah, just so taking you, a fat shit at work. Yeah, so you know what it is too. But Bre- <laughs> Brewsters is very good. The one that was really disappointing recently was Twisty. Twisty was disappointing. What, what do you mean? Twisty always hits. No, it was disappointing. That show was it not... disappointing. Uh, well, it was disappointing because my normal mix-ins are probably like cookie dough and chocolate like chip or cookie something whatever but the cookie dough with the quality of the cookie dough there awful no chew very like loose you know like sand yes like sand crumbly just not good i kind of like then, that sometimes though because the then it ice- mixes well with the ice cream and then you get like a nice like half and half bite like reminds me of like ben and jerry's when you get cookie dough in their pints that's fair but i mean then it's just different like yeah i mean then then it's just different like strokes a, for different folks exactly but for me i like my cookie dough to taste like cookie dough not like a crushed cookie because then just it's not cookie dough mm-hmm. cookie dough has got to have a little bit of that chewy texture and then the ice cream wasn't that great like it just basically their competitors are just outdoing them oh that's a shame and twisty by the way is a local chain here in florida called twisty tree which i think is fantastic I think their best feature to share if people that don't know Twisty is that all their buildings are big ice cream like cones. Oh, and yeah, I really that, like that. that. Yeah, that's definitely the trademark is that all the buildings are ice cream cones. You can't go inside it. And oh, wait, actually, you can. There's one by me you can go inside of. But I think like most times they're designed like kind of like a checkers where you like walk up to it or either go th- drive through. It's not like a official restaurant. It's just kind of a cone in the middle of a parking lot and you get delicious ice cream. See, now we're having problems. Now we're calling ice cream shops restaurants. That's when you know we have a fucking issue. Dude, ice cream is like my favorite thing. Like if I can live off of two things that wouldn't like make me gain weight, it would be McDonald's French fries and fucking ice cream. Mm. I fucking love those two things. Not a big French fry guy. You're not a big. What are you? Not a big French fry guy. I don't know. What do you like? What do you like as a side then? Well, you know. I don't even what? feel like I gotta say Tater it. Tater tots? Onion rings. Come on. Oh. Uh, you know I'm an onion whore. That is true. Onion rings are onion rings are good, but I feel like they're so underserved in the fast food community I that agree. I like forget about them. Like you just reminded me that that's even an option. But what But it's not. It's the not only an place option. it's an what? option is like fucking Burger King, and you don't want to do that. It's a story that I always tell, and I'll tell it here. The reason that what basically got me off of Burger King is, is it that when you ordered the fucking hey, cheddar yeah, cheese yeah, relax. shit. Relax. Relax. Let me tell the story. You know what I'm saying? Drink your tea. Sit back. No, so the thing with Burger King it's is coffee. That... I'm an American, right? Don't disrespect I... me. But you do have a tea before bed every night. I do have a tea before every night because <laughs> I turn European when I want to go to bed. All right. So anyway, so I feel like Burger King, they're like they're trying their workers are trying to not get business, right? They're targeting trying to fuck up your orders. So they would always get my order incorrect. But there was one time and this was years ago now where I got a burger of some kind and onion rings. But the order they gave to me was chicken nuggets and fries. But in the fries, there was one onion ring. And I know that they knew that. 
they knew that they fucked up every part of the order but put one onion ring in the fries i never went back they planted that there as a fuck you yeah so i've just never been back to burger king and it's okay burger king is rough you know burger king they try to do the they try to do the celebrity collab with like like that McDonald's did with like, you know, Travis Scott, Cardi B and all that. They did it with Nelly, but they couldn't even afford Nelly's. They gave like his real name, right? Wasn't that the whole thing with Burger King was like, it's not Nelly. It's whatever the fuck Nelly's real name is. I don't even know. I think you're, yeah. I mean, I think you're right. But like I said, I haven't been so, but onion rings in general are underserved. That is true. They're very underserved. Like I'm surprised like a place like Checkers doesn't even have them. They or do. Arby's. Arby- checkers oh, does they, have them they do have them okay thank god bless them but checkers did fuck up my stomach when the last time i had it but that's the I'm thing that arby's doesn't have it because they have fucking mozzarella sticks yeah arby's doesn't have it but their curly fries are really good so it's okay so you gotta pick a you gotta pick a side right yeah do you, do you like fries or you not like fries it depends on the place okay because there are different kinds of fries right you get you get a curly fry you get a good seasoned fry then there's like the argument of our wedges fries and like this could be a whole conversation. I don't think wedges are fries. I don't think wedges are fries either, but I'm sure somebody would argue against that point. It's just like kind of I feel like a wedge is just like a very unhealthy baked potato. Yeah, I feel like that's true, too. And it's just like you're going to get into the middle of it and it's going to be so dry. It's going to yeah, be mushy and shit. It's like just not what I want. But I feel yeah. like Chick-fil-A fries kind of border on that a little bit. Yeah, they border on that. I agree. But they're pretty good. Their sauce yeah. makes up for it. Their sauce, yeah, yeah. It does make up for a lot, honestly. The closest thing to the wedge is when you get one of those waffle fries where like most of the holes are closed. So then it's just <laughs> one like one it's little just hole. like one fucking doorstop of like a fry. You know, I love that, though, because then you can like scoop up a shit ton of like the sauce. <laughs> yeah. and then just. It doesn't seep through, and it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I like that, too. That's good stuff. <laughs> you like getting messy like that, you little fuck? Like, I like the sauce. Chick-fil-A sauce is good. No, that shit does hit, definitely. But, um, but yeah, that, that's, that was my saddest McDonald's order. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's I don't I think it's fine. Ice cream is good. Enjoy what you enjoy what you got to enjoy. Make sure to to give yourself a gift every day. It's too hard I, to not be doing that. I guess I understand that method, but I am also in a constant battle trying to lose weight, which doesn't really work out. Yeah, I don't know where I'm at with that. I think I just <laughs> forgot about that. You know, it's just one of those things. <laughs> it's just one of those things you just check off. You know, you're just like, well, I don't have to care about that anymore. Yeah, you can. I can only handle so much. Exactly. But um, what happened with you in this public dispute here? Yeah, so throwing this hands is... at the people? No, of course not. So actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I was watching fight videos the other day on my phone for like forty-five minutes, <laughs> and I was so happy when I was watching it, like super entertaining, watching people just get knocked out and shit like that. But I'm so happy I've never been in a fight. So no, it is a public dispute. Of course, this is of a argumentative vocal nature but not even like yelling because if it's a stranger i'm probably not going to do that so so when you yelled at that lady at fresh kitchen that young young lady what no who no for the barbecue chicken no so what you're talking about is just (laughs) what joelle is talking about is we went out to get food and it was a this place called fresh kitchen which is basically like a chipotle style go down the line build your bowl kind of restaurant but with fresh ingredients and we both were like discussing because I had never had it. And Joe was like, yeah, you got to get the barbecue chicken. It's like good. And the rest of the stuff is a little dry. So I was like, but, but there wasn't that much chicken left. And so the person behind there, you know, probably like some young girl, whatever, just working like a minimum wage job. I get it. But she took the one scoop that was left of the chicken and tried to separate it in both <laughs> our bowls. And I was like, oh, hell no. Like, 
like that's not a single serving of chicken, but I didn't say it to her. I let the bowl get down to the register because I didn't know if Joel was going to say it or not. So he got there and then Joel was about to like get his food. And I didn't mean to like, you know, get in his way here. And he, I was like, hey, like, can we get more chicken? Because like she just split them. They were like, oh, so you want double? And I was like, no, no, no. She took one scoop and split it in half. Can we get like a single serving of chicken? So then they hooked us up, right? Gave us our chicken. Then we sat down and started eating. And then some fucking stranger like tried to talk to us. And then I was like, we need to leave. But the food was good. The food was good. But yeah, that, I thought that was funny. I'm glad you did that because I was 100% not going to say anything. And I was going to be like, damn, I'm going to just have a baby ass bowl. Uh-uh, I wasn't going to let that slide because I was like, it's not an asshole thing to say. I was like, there's two fucking pieces of chicken in my bowl right now. No, yeah. I mean, I hate. See, I hate when people do shit like that, even at Chipotle, where they like they know they skimped you and they just try to like slowly pass it off. Like, I'm not like looking at them fucking make it. But it's like a the thing is, is I was going to say I was just going to say that. Oh, like it could be not not to say that we're like ancient, but like it could potentially be a young people thing. But I don't think it's necessarily even a young people thing. It's just the avoiding issues of like any age where they're like, oh, maybe they just won't say anything. You're like, this isn't personal. Like, I'm not going to like attack you, but like. I'm ordering a single fucking serving of chicken. Give me a single serving of chicken. Yeah, yeah, you're totally in the right. And I, I'm definitely less combative. I don't like people spit on me, basically. I mean, combative makes me sound like, I don't know. I'm not like picky at restaurants. You're not picky. I'm not saying you're picky at restaurants. But it's funny. I've actually sent things back at restaurants. Have you ever done that? No. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm more picky. I think it depends with how much money I'm spending. The, you know, fresh kitchen. It, I mean, it's pretty pricey just for like a fast food option, but you know, it's like you're still going out and getting like fast food in a sense. It's like, you know, you can't be like that much of an asshole. I feel like the people working there are freaking like you that making minimum wage, studying for algebra in the back. They don't. But it's not freaking... it's not about quality of food. It's about amount of food. Like, for example, it, yeah, I had a and I won't go back there, but I had a Panera sandwich that was basically oh, yeah, that was... it was just bread. But I didn't see it before I got it out of the bag, right? Instantly took a picture of it, sent it to the boys, and I was like, what the fuck is this? That is more of an issue to me where I'm like, if you like are not serving me food, then how am I going to be full? But if you serve me low-quality food, I feel like there's a number of reasons for that, but like just not scooping enough food. Like I don't mm-hmm. go into Chipotle and be like, hey, can I have more? I never do that. But I they also do just, that. Yeah, I don't do... That's what I'm saying. That I don't do. But at this place, it was a specific example of the one spoon scoop finished the entire bowl of what was left. And, and then she, she like just whispered, tried to separate. Yeah. And then she like whispered, like, we'll get you more. Food. Like, like barely. Yeah. Like, it was like, I was like, what are you doing right now? I'm like, hold my bowl and get more food in it. I, I'm glad you said it because I was feeling that. But I was just like, I don't know. Like, because she said it, but like she didn't say it with confidence. So I didn't know like if I like tell her again or if she's going to already do it or do I have to tell the. It was just, you know, it was an nah, awkward situation. They don't care. That's why I'm like, I'll tell them. I know that she doesn't care what she could scoop another like piece of chicken. It's not coming out of her wallet. She doesn't care. That's true. But well, that was that, the first kitchen fiasco. What's your what? Who else are you fighting in public? I mean, I'm not fighting any of these people. <laughs> this one, I guess you could argue. But this is really more of a me staying calm. Right. I mean, as they didn't escalate. It was just a situation where I was going out to dinner to meet up with uh, some friends. And it was like a group dinner. And when we were walking up, we saw like some people in the group that we didn't recognize, which I now know it's okay to say this is that like they might have not originally been planned to be part of the squad. But basically they were there. I didn't know that at the time. So these were new people to me. And 
we are sitting down at dinner and this this new guy basically i'm um, just making conversation whatever and then we're talking about shows and he's you know kind of like an annoying oh. guy but that's okay that's okay but we're talking yeah. about shows and then severance comes up which severance is a show that i think is fantastic and i think everyone should watch me specifically and some others i think joel a little bit too we discussed this is just that the final episode didn't really like hit for me that much but i'm also not one of those people that will just consume everything right like if i don't feel like something is worth my time i'll be like okay it's not worth my time and i think we were talking about the show quality and the guy was just basically like oh no but it's this and like this is what it means and it's so exciting for this and i'm like well we could just have like different opinions on it and it's okay and then i don't know if he meant it this way but the way it came out was he was like well yeah, yeah i know it's like a subjective thing otherwise i would just be like you're wrong and i was like you know what i mean like i was like i that's, that's like a, the that's like you know, have you seen the meme of like average redditor in real life like yes. that's like that kind of energy well he was a neck beard and he was wearing flip-flops in public he had his so, toes out so yeah he's i mean you know he is what he is i mean he had tire marks on the heels of his feet gross guy jesus christ but i feel like recently with tv shows in particular maybe games maybe games i don't think it happens really with games i think I think a people don't even beat their games as we see with like trophy data, but like mm-hmm. people complete shows. So people have, I feel like there's more people saying their opinions about shows and narratives and stuff like that. I think yeah, I think like, that's true. I think a thing that people like to do is, and this is also the creator's fault too, but the creators will answer the questions of the shows and not the show. They either do it in interviews or like a podcast. And then that becomes like, that's the canon because that the show's in their brain. But then I don't like that. Like I like this happened a lot with The Last of Us where people were watching the show and they didn't like what the show necessarily did with terms of changing shit or like how scenes played out. But then HBO would do the HBO does this. I'm assuming with all their shows, but I've only seen White Lotus and The Last of Us from HBO as of recent. And they have these little like five minute interviews with like the creators of the show. So Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazon. We're on the back half and they were uh, like the back five minutes of the, sh- of the episode and just talking about the show and be like, this is what this scene meant and yada, yada, yada. And that stuff is cool in a sense, but then it sucks when just people hear that and they're like, well, I'm going to have that opinion because that's the right opinion because that's what the creator show says. So you're like, I can't be wrong. And it's like, but like, I feel like we're taking away the agency of the audience member of like, what the fuck? How do we each feel about the show and how do we like interpret the show? And I think the same thing happened with severance and ben stiller where he had interviews where he was basically like you said like he's like i don't know what's going on now yeah i mean that but that's the the thing i was the, yeah and i so i agree with what you're saying for sure and i think when i was having the conversation with this person what i was trying to say was just that i thought it was an excellent show i actually am a gigantic fan of abstract ideas or not giving the full answer but there's a difference between a creator giving a little something and then being like, well, you figure it out or what do you think about this? And then there's also the, I don't think that the creator even knows what's happening here, but they just need to do more. And like now they're going to do more TV, which is not something you get in a game or a movie because those are normally made. I mean, they can be made open-ended, but a lot of times they're made as a, let's get this complete and then maybe leave it open for something else. The problem I have with a lot of TV shows in today is like, timing of things is that like the last episode will come out and then you'll get a headline like oh season whatever is already in production or a spinoff tv show with this character and it's like what the fuck like 
exactly so that was my main thing and then, and then it was basically just like oh but this is what this means and i'm like dude the fucking creator doesn't know what this means i know that you don't know what it means yeah so, so. that was those that, that was basically it but then he was trying to like he was trying to tell me about like well the speed in which shows made or this it's just like overwhelming like he just like kept talking and i was like i'm not even like responding yeah i hate when people justify things about like a show or even a product it, even because same thing can happen with games where it's like oh, the game didn't come out right because they're a rush to release the game and yada, yada, yada. But I'm like, that doesn't mean that you don't like, you're not, you don't like, you know, get away. Like, it's like, oh, you had to be rushed to make the product. So it's not my fault that it's ass. It's like, well, that part of it sucks. That's your fault. You put your name on this. You still created it. You could have chosen to either, you know, have have a season one good ending that concluded a story, but you left it fucking open-ended and nobody knows where it's going. Yeah, and no, I, I agree. And then it's like, yeah, the opinion on it is, subjective to a certain extent but also yeah i mean all these people that are that are making these things whether it's a show a game a product your food at fresh kitchen i mean like <laughs> take some responsibility like it's okay that's what i'm saying it, we're not saying that that we're not saying that if a game is made poorly it's not like we're out here making death threats but at the same time i'm not going to be like oh well you know they might have been having a hard day and it was t- I mean, okay, if they're having a hard day, that's they fine. They should get it's... scrutinized for making a shitty product. But obviously no death threats. That's way too. Yeah, that's what I'm but... saying. Nothing like that. But it's like, okay, well, if they for example, let's say that they didn't really make a great game. Okay, don't buy it. Don't buy it at yeah. full price. Don't be like, mm-hmm. well, I'm gonna give them 70 because XYZ they had to deal with these circumstances. Okay, but then you're reinforcing getting something of a lesser quality, and then we end up in a situation where a vast majority of things that come out are mid, but everyone just consumes and says everything is great when it's not. Yeah. And then there's like certain streaming services that people like align themselves to where it's like, there's definitely people that just like HBO shows and will always stand for HBO shows. Like it doesn't matter what the fuck it is. And we got, and then we've seen this with the last of us where I feel like there's a very like distinct people like who have played the game and they're like, the show was okay, but it wasn't as good as the fucking game and then there's people that never played the game and they're just hbo stands are like this is the greatest thing ever it's like relax yeah and i mean we know it's it's also a, a common thing for people to just like gravitate towards what everyone else is hyped about at the moment not mm-hmm. to be i mean I, I i would say maybe when i was younger i used to be more of a contrarian but i don't even necessarily think so i just think i liked things at the time that weren't popping and then some of them did pop some of them didn't but i wasn't like it was hard to convince people that like, no, I don't like other stuff just to like other stuff. It's just what I liked at the time, if yeah. that makes sense. So like even now, like if there's something popular, like, cool, I don't care if it's good. But if it's not good, I'm not just going to act like it's good mm-hmm. to be like, oh, yeah, guys, high five. Like, no. But anyway, so it was just a situation where I was like, you know, it's a public situation. I'm not going to escalate here. I don't even really know this guy, but also like it's fucking I don't know. It, I, the thing too is, is like you're going to select your battles, right? Like. If me and you are arguing, it's a little bit different, right? We can go all the way to the to the tenth level, but I'm like, I don't even know this guy. You're wearing flip flops in a public place, like that's our conversation. Like, is over. I don't need to go further. Yeah, and I mean, you're scared that he's gonna shoot up the place. The guy's looking like a fucking threat. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, I'm the first one there. You're the first one that's gonna get taken out. You gotta watch out with this fucking guy. But yeah, no, that's. It's very hostile too for a first interaction. I would never be that mean on a first interaction. Maybe after like I'm like 
coworkers, it probably takes me like a month for me to like be like myself. I don't think it was intentionally mean. You know where there's like people who like don't know how to like control nope. themselves in situations. <laughs> like they don't know how to pick up on like social cues. So yeah. like they'll go a little bit too far and then they'll be like, oh, why is it quiet? And it's like, right, you're like fucking weird. Like, <laughs> like that's why it's quiet. Like, and if yeah. I kept going, then I would have met my maker, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. You would have met your maker. <laughs> I'm and, not uh, trying to meet my maker in real life. That's perfect. That's a perfect transition into what we've been playing. As and, a uh, PlayStation podcast. As a PlayStation podcast, we should talk about the games. And what what better game to talk about than the newest addition to the PlayStation Essential uh, lineup? Meet Your Maker was released on Plus, or released for Plus members. It's yeah, released out and in, released like, on public. day one. Yeah, but it, but it's you can purchase it a la carte as well. It's thirty dollars. I would. I don't know how actually I never thought about the price factor, but we can just talk about the game and then I'll ask you later about what you think about the pricing. Sure. I mean, so are, you, I mean, I could the the price the pricing just to start there. I feel like the the pricing is good ish, right? I don't think thirty is crazy. Talking about the content that's in the game, I do think it would be a little steep to charge 60 but also plus essential is something that most people have but so this game is really cool this is the game by behavior interactive which is the studio behind dead by daylight and it is a first person shooter kind of rating game where you'll either play as the custodian you'll either play as the person raiding a map and taking the gen mat it's in a post-apocalyptic world where this gen mat is i think supposed to be like untapped kind of um like uncontaminated genetic material i think is what they call perfect so it's uncontaminated genetic material so you go in grab that and then you make your way out of whatever map that has been made by the user so it's a game where all of the levels are community made and you have incentives to do it so i made a level two you make a level and while you're not playing the game how many ever people it kills you're getting xp passively so it's basically two modes. You either go in and raid or you make maps to raid. Now, the fun kind of twist to it is that there is co-op. And so me and Joel went in and played. And when you're playing co-op, you can build in co-op or you can do raids in co-op, which ends up being really fun and funny because then it's like we're just going down a hallway and then I get fucking incinerated. But it's funny because like you can mess with, with each other and there's friendly fire. And since death comes so swiftly at one hit, it's kind of frustrating to play by yourself. But it's a really good game, I think, to launch on Plus. When I was talking about like uh, content, it's one of those things that's launching as a we already have a roadmap and this extra content coming down the line. So to ask a full price, I think, would be a bit steep, even if you weren't getting it from Plus. Yeah, it definitely. It's weird with these games. We saw this recently also with like Detective Inc., which I think has already came and went. But like these multiplayer games that are trying to charge twenty, thirty dollars at the gate. I, I mean, I know I, I would prefer that logistically because then it's like i pay this money and i get the full content of the game and one thing that you did note is that there is no battle pass which is refreshing but this is definitely a game i feel like would have thrived more as a free-to-play game because outside of playstation you do have to purchase it if you want it to be played on steam or xbox and stuff like that which i'm like that kind of kills it in terms of being like a cross-gen bigger game yeah that's true was was dead by daylight always free to play no, that ca- that cost. I, I believe that definitely had a price tag of day one. I think that had a price tag day one. I think that I think that at not full price, would I pay thirty for it? I would. I think I would easily pay thirty and be happy with but, it. But would you think you would have 
you think you would have gone through that door if it wasn't opened already? You know? Yes. Would you, yeah, definitely. Would you, For me, I think so. Because I also okay. like Dead by Daylight. So I, okay. I'm coming from the perspective of, I would say Dead by Daylight, I probably put like 30 or 40 hours in by myself. Oh shit. So okay. I would say I I would say for me I like the studio going in. It reviewed well. It is first person and so it and it has an aesthetic that I really like. So for me it's like a mix of kind of like a rusty kind of doom desert look, but then you also made a great point while we were playing it that you said that it looks like more of a kind of I don't want to mess it up, but Star Wars. It reminded me a lot of like Star Wars aesthetically very much like um like Tatooine kind of like you know that like a uh, prequel not the prequel the end of like the the like original trilogy timeline in star wars where everything is like old and futuristic at the same time it has, it has that kind of vibe with it but then i also do think the doom with like kind of the creature design i was also thinking rage 2 yes because rage 2 had like weird like kind of like like monsters that were also embedded with like technology so mm-hmm. it has that kind of look to it with the enemy types Definitely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think for me, I would have $30. I'm fine with I would I would have gone through it. The one thing that I did think was a little bit weird to see. And I know this is somewhat natural, like we have to get used to it is but there was there's a DLC pack, right? That's like 15 standard or it's 10. If you're a plus member, that is basically building materials so that you can build stuff to look like Egyptian like temples and whatnot. And it looks fucking awesome. I would love to play levels that people have made with that. But just, I don't know, just stuff like that. I'm like, is that really like if I paid 30 and then I saw that, I'd be like, you really couldn't just put that at least in the game or like wait a week to put that on the market. Yeah, no, I agree. I I agree. But then I also like made the argument that I was like, well, we were playing it where I was just kind of viewing it as it's like almost like a tip jar in a sense for the game, because most people that are playing it are probably playing it free through PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. And it's on the lowest tier too, essential. So it's getting the most consumers in the door. And if you like, you like it, you know, throw us a little ten dollars, and we'll give you uh, some Egyptian skins. I agree, definitely from the plus perspective, it's like that. And I, I and for us, yeah, I, I agree. I just think if you're but paying retail, if you bought it thirty, then I, it is bullshit. I just I can see, I'd be annoyed. I feel like there are different levels of monetization that I think are fine. And I know it could be a whole thing, but something that we've talked about is I feel like if you're going to have a battle pass that has free and paid, if you're a free game, then I think it's fine. Like, yeah, if it's free to play and you have all that shit, no big deal. If you want a dollar amount up front, but then like deceive Inc is a good example where like it's $20 up front, but then immediately you see all the currencies and you're like, okay, I don't know about all that. Mm-hmm. it's like some of these things can just come as like red flags and something that i actually don't have here as like a full write-up but you know we like to play warzone or did and season three is getting their blowout kind of uh, in the news feeds about like what's going to be in it and i know that they detailed in the battle pass that there will be like an extra premium version what like there will f- be a regular battle pass the one that you pay for where you get everything, but now there'll be like a different section on the map that's like only available if you have like the best one. And I'm like, the game's not even doing that good. So I'm like, I see shit they're like struggling that. They're for cash. They're just, they're just like catering now to the whales. So some of that stuff is crazy to see. And then I also don't have it written up here, but we know that Resident Evil 4 is getting a mercenaries mode, which should be coming out tomorrow for free. But I have seen that it started to come on storefronts that with that mercenaries mode, there might also be microtransactions and characters that are behind paywalls. 
that were in the base version of mercenaries like you know when it can but also separate ways that also was in the base game and that will also be charged as a separate dlc so oh it's gonna be paid uh i actually confirmed but you're assuming it's gonna be paid that hasn't been confirmed you're right but i guess i am assuming that will be paid so you're right that hasn't been confirmed let me not jump to that conclusion yeah let's not rip them a new one yet but at not least the to, base game is good, though, you know? Well, yeah, not to rip them a new one, but just to buy con- by comparison of being like Resident Evil 2 had all content in when it came out. Yeah, and it's actually, you know what, Mark? It's funny that you say that, because uh, we have a listener question, an inquiry that uh, talks about a game that recently got a PlayStation, or not a PlayStation Plus, a new Game Plus, and uh, Master Pimp 117 writes... Why is it why is a new game getting or why is new game plus being added four months after a game's release being treated like an announcement? Are we done getting complete packages day one? Master Pimp 117 is obviously referencing God of War Ragnarok just recently got its new game plus and a bunch of new armor stuff, too. And that, you know, just what you just said sparked me. So are just we yet. done with are we done getting complete packages day one? Absolutely. I think that's a no-brainer. I mean, there's 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 a variation of examples, some not that bad, and then some very bad. I think so. Master Pimp, definitely to answer your question, right? You have God of War Ragnarok, which he's talking about, which the new game plus is now available for anyone who wants to play it. But we know that PlayStation has used this as a selling point sometimes where you know horizon forbidden west they're like oh you know and now new game plus is added in where like a second promotional run almost. i th- i think that adding i think that adding free and extra stuff to a game is excellent in one good example i feel like and it might be a little cringy to hear but one good example i think would be uh the newest sonic frontiers okay the reason why i mention that is because you're getting a game that when you play it it's pretty solid, more solid than you would expect out of it. It doesn't feel like there's anything necessarily missing. All the content that is added is free and they give you a roadmap to it, but it's nothing that you feel like is missing, for example. Okay. I think adding a new game plus is great if it wasn't something that people expected. And so since mm-hmm. it's something that people expect, it's like, well, now that you're announcing it, it's not really surprising. Another example I have of this is Last of Us 2. When they announced grounded mode and video filters, I'm like, this is shit that's been in every Naughty Dog game at launch. This isn't a couple months down the line announcement. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think Sony's the biggest offender at this because they were they were also doing this for a time for photo mode. Remember, photo mode came a month afterwards in some games. And it was yeah, that's it was also true. treated like a major announcement, not major, but, you know. Like, a, oh, wow, this is added to the game. And it's like, why the fuck wasn't that there like day one? Like New Game Plus, I'm not saying it's easy to do. But it seems easy from the outside looking in. I'm going to be completely honest. It does seem easy. You just, com- just you play the game again with just everything you had in the past that you earned. Like, I don't really understand that concept of how difficult that is to program. But for for the single player games, yeah, just not having New Game Plus out the gate is kind of ridiculous. I feel like that's a, that was a standard in the PlayStation 3, PlayStation 2. It started happening in the PlayStation 4 era being added on later. Yeah, I think that yeah. So so there's examples like that where I'm like, that's that's a little annoying and it shouldn't be necessarily seen. But there are examples of free stuff being added where it's just like, cool, great, or even paid stuff being added. Just I think timing and context is very important. Like if you come out with a game and 
after the game comes out, you're like, hey, there's going to be this thing, this expansion, whatever. Great. I don't care if it's fully developed and done <laughs> before you say anything about it. I just don't really want to hear about it until like at least the game has come out. And even if you're se- if you're selling a season pass before the game comes out, I don't have that big of an issue with that. If you're like, there will be an expansion down the line. But that's because that's on the player, I feel like, to be pre-ordering or not pre-ordering. But I just don't want to play the game and feel like, oh, I feel like something is not here. And I was going to say, and or when you announce said expansion, you need to have it be semi-detailed. You can't Mm -hmm. be like, hey, we're going to have this. I'm going to use this example for sure because we were talking about recently on the show about uh, timing of like when we would want expansions to come out. Callisto Protocol, that expansion is way too late. Uh, Being like five months after the game and it's probably going to be like an hour or two. Like, yeah, why why would I return to it? Yeah, that I agree completely. But I was fuck. I forgot what I was gonna say. I completely forgot. Well, we were talking about oh, with uh, complete packages and like I I think it's the biggest uh, the big offender in single player games because the idea is that it's supposed to be done and you're getting the whole story. With multiplayer games, there's a little bit more give, but again, I think multiplayer games are kind of using it as a scapegoat with releasing bare bones and being like, well, the rest of the game comes out in a month. We're beta testing it now at launch, but you still got to pay us. Yeah, beta testing it, just like how Multiverses is going to be taken offline and then re-released in early 2024 as like a... a, like That's when they're claiming it'll be released and not in beta anymore. Yeah, which also came like a week before it being like like reported that it has like the lowest number, like a player count, concurrent Mm -hmm. count in its life cycle, so... Yeah, just I, I think the... I think... It's a good question. I think twofold. I think number one, I think you will get little to no games that are necessarily package complete, meaning that now I'm not talking about patches or fixes, but just like they'll release the game and that is the full product. I think they'll either always add or, you know, intentionally monetize or put in extra stuff later. But I don't I think most of the time it won't feel complete. And then I would also say that. I don't remember what I was going to say after that. Got to be honest. But I was just also thinking Resident Evil 4, I feel like it kind of highlights how weird the stuff is not all there day one. When Mm. you look at like Dead Space, that's main competition in terms of like quality for game of the year this year. And also just being another classic sci-fi horror remake. It had the new game plus straight out the gate. With the, the, uh, Resident Evil does too, but you know it doesn't. It didn't take anything away. It had the the secret ending, and all that stuff that it was additive to the game. But I don't know. I, I mean, Re- Resident Evil, the game itself is also so long and so good that I feel like it's kind of like weird to like pick at it. But then you could say the same thing with God of War. But it's just like it's a weird standard now, where it's just you know you're not done with a game until like six months afterwards, where like the patches are all in there and like you get the bonus content. I think that, I mean, just returning back to what we were talking about earlier, it's okay to scrutinize it. I mean, the qual- the the game product might be of high, really high quality, but the, we're, I think we're speaking more so to just industry norms. more mm-hmm. so. Than, I mean, these are examples of them, but I wish that, you know, I wish that these wouldn't be falling to that. I, you'd, I would wish that I, mercenaries coming free, great, fine. But I don't really, okay, characters being lo- potentially locked behind and then potentially microtransactions when we did spend 70 on it, but then also separate ways we don't know if it's free or if it's paid. 
And I just feel like those things, like those are part of a complete package. Like, and games no longer let you unlock cool cosmetics. Never you just pay for them. And that's fucking annoying. That used to be a fun thing about games is like doing the hard task and unlocking cool cosmetics. You do unlock cosmetics in Resident Evil 4, but you're you can just also buy them too. But I feel like in a game like that, since it's a remake, they're like you have they have to at least have some degree of because that's what that was in the that's like the spirit of Resident Evil too. Yeah, and that's the thing where it's like, well, we gotta have most of this stuff, but we just gotta like take a couple things out that we can maybe monetize. But when you mm-hmm. get a brand new game, it's not like that. They start off with a like, well, why would we? You're not gonna. Yeah, get... Why would you unlock this cool skin? Just yeah, pay for it. Of course, that's like natural. So yeah, it, yeah, it, it's I don't know. It, it's it's something that we take in stride, and I hope that people can make the best purchases to try to signal things correctly right maybe don't pre-order games so much don't get every season pass try to buy stuff that like you know you're gonna get to or maybe like don't, maybe don't buy ultimate editions for games that just give you like skins maybe don't buy that expansion until you've like beat the game and then buy it or stuff like that i feel like examples like that can go a long way but just i think this that those things will lead to hopefully getting either more complete packages or just higher quality packages but it, it's tough it's tough out there you know it's hard out in these streets but i mean outside of what we've been playing because it's all started from meet your maker the only thing i know that we've played is that we played playstation vr2 for the first time this tuesday yeah and that shit was great it was awesome and that, that shit was fantastic my brain did get a little mind melted yesterday with trying to do a race before we hopped on Meet Your Maker and then afterwards trying to play Call of the Mountain. But I think for VR, I know for me, I have to be like in the perfect headspace. I can't be, I feel like I can't be a little tired. I was tired after working yesterday and I think that kind of like threw me off. Like the first day, it was, it went well. I was really excited about it. I played, you know, Mark watched me play a little bit of the Call of the Mountain trailer. We, we did what we really wanted to do and fucking hopped on GT with the wheel and everything and it was fantastic. And I was able to get through that in the races and, you know, didn't have any motion sickness. But then yesterday, I don't know, it was a little weird, a little weird in the brain. Yeah, the the put and this is obviously my first experience with it, too. But getting the actual headset on and in the right setting takes some getting used to. But I felt like after I would say maybe like an hour and a half of messing with it a little bit and switching through games, I kind of found how for me it works to get it on correctly and it looked good. So I had a really good experience with it, right? We we played some same games and some different ones. Gran Turismo 7 was awesome. I was able to, you let me play the drumming game, which was super cool. Just some of the stuff about it was cool of like when you would hit the drum, you could bounce the stick and then catch it. So I was trying to do like fancy shit. That was fun. It's really cool how you can watch on the TV what people are doing. And then I think the one like main experience is that I was playing Resident, Resident Evil Village in VR. And that yeah. was, it was really, I mean, really awesome. Like the, the way that they set up your kind of kit of like how you get your knife out, your flashlight, your healing items, your weapons, just like really, really cool shit, really immersive reloading and shooting feels like right. And so I don't know, it was a shocking th- how f- it was free and how much work they put into it. It seems like I thought it was an exceptional experience. Like, to be honest, I thought playing. The combination of Gran Turismo and especially since we have the wheel, the combination of Gran Turismo and Resident Evil made me be like, I, I for me, I think I would definitely enjoy having one. Like I would actually use it and play it. Yeah, and I think that also highlighted me that the future of PlayStation VR two may not necessarily be 
the full release being a VR game from the ground up, but kind of being like making games hybrid and making games have like VR modes or having games that we play with a regular controller playable in VR and just kind of making them more immersive. I mean, obviously it works easier for racing games and other games just because the nature of the game is just like you're constantly in a car. But like even like Resident Evil, like I've, other games added some aspects to that. I was saying last week, I think that I would love a Bioshock in VR. Yeah, I mean, that would be I think it's it makes me think of the 3D craze a little bit in the in the sense like that Cooper three, baby. Well, what I mean specifically is the idea of like when 3D was really popping, you had a lot of movies and products that were for 3D, but kind of shitty because of that, because they were like, yeah, look at these cheesy effects or like there's this explosion that's going to pop out of the screen, like reaching to the camera or something. Exactly. And so I think the idea of a hybrid nature game makes sense because I think as the player, we're like, okay, well, putting on a VR headset sounds cool because I want to step into this world. But it doesn't mean that we want like a game made from the ground up that is going to be just made for VR because then that might also lead them to just do like more gimmicky shit. And I don't think that's what people want. So I played more of Horizon Call of the Mountain and it seems like a fantastic game so far. But then I got to the combat and that's where it started feeling a little gimmicky. And then that's where I was like, damn, like Resident Evil VR is our Resident Evil Village VR. It's like it's a game. It's a legitimate game. It's a third person or is it first person shooter. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's first, first person. person. The third person and was then, added on later. But um, and then Horizon, the climbing is cool and everything is like interactive and very cool. But then the combat feels like kind of just gimmicky. You're just like kind of strafing back and forth. It's very easy to dodge and stuff like that. But like using the bow and stuff is really cool. But it's just like, you know, it's very limited in that sense. And I think like a traditional game with a VR mode, it's kind of like where it really shines. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, Gran Turismo was sick. So that that was a lot of fun. I'll be excited to either play more of that or just eventually get one. And then it makes me want to get uh, one of the a shifting stick for the wheel. Yeah, now I got to get this fucking wheel because now this shit because Mark so kindly but left his wheel over here. So now I'm, I can finally just play five hours of on a Nurburgring ring in the rain and just try to pass it in real life. Yeah, it's incredible. The wheel is awesome. I'm definitely I mean, yeah, you've got the VR and you've got a good setup. So I'll obviously scoop that back. But we're probably going to move in in i mean we're going to be moving here in like two months ish so i should be able to get a nice setup soon anyway and then i can i mean i, don't, I mean i might scoop you're it up before the lease, that you're but... breaking the lease early no 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 it, it's over in june anyway it is i thought you guys got started renting out there in october we did august great memory we did in october but we i remember everything yeah we did in october a couple of years ago but we i think when we renewed it this time we renewed it for shorter okay cool yeah so that's so, fun That'll be good. And then, yeah, the wheel is awesome. PSVR, very fun. And then later in the show, we will talk about something that PlayStation has been doing that. And PlayStation does a lot of patents, but a patent that looks very interesting technology-wise. Definitely. So why don't we why don't we, why don't we start the show properly and get into the topics? Yeah, the show proper. Let's get into the news. So starting right off, we've got Final Fantasy 16 has gone gold officially. Final Fantasy 16 has finished its main portion of its development ahead of its J- June 22nd release date. And the DualSense features have been detailed in kind of like this post mentioning that the game got, went gold and some details about it. So they're saying that adaptive triggers and haptics will be used to, in quotes, feel heavy resistances when opening large doors or lifting portculuses. 
Do you know what that is? I actually, so I wrote that in the show, but I don't know. That's just a quote, but I don't know what that word is. Porculuses. Yeah. Porculuses. Do you know what that is? Know. I'm, I'm going to see. Well, because it's like medieval. So I'm assuming just like a heavy stone. Yeah, I feel like that's probably right. I'll go ahead and search it live on the show now because I didn't know exactly what it meant. But they also mention that they have converted the audio in cutscenes into haptic data, which will let them convey details like if there's like a strong gust of wind or the way the air moves, you should be able to feel that in the haptics. Okay. So just talking. So I just. You just Googled sorry, it? You go. Yeah, I just Googled it. So a perculacies, or let's see what it's. Portcullis. Portcullis. I like that. Portcullis is a strong, heavy uh, grating that can be lowered down grooves on each side of a gateway to block it. So I'm assuming just like a gate. Like a medieval gate. That makes sense that you can see through. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what it looks like. Those iron gates. Yep. Got it. Makes sense that I wouldn't know what it is. But so, yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited for this. Final Fantasy 16 looks really good. It's going to be a... PlayStation exclusive, a six-month timed exclusive, although the main producer on the game has already kind of come out and said that while we would like to also put this on PC, just know that all of the resources are being put into optimizing it for PlayStation 5. So even if it is a six-month timed exclusive, like he he basically is saying don't expect like, oh, as soon as that six months is done, we'll have a PC version ready. So he's just saying eventually we would like to have a PC version, but basically this is just optimized for playstation which i'm i mean of course i'm excited for because it also just means that i'm like this is going to be like one of those true ps5 games where like they're making it's gonna sure be like an exclusive like yeah. an actual exclusive like they're really trying to optimize for it, and so i'm really excited for it yeah I'm, this game looks fantastic final fantasy is i've become a fan of it later on in my life so this is the first like one I played like in a mainline. Like I've only done like the remakes. Like I've done Crisis Core and Final Fantasy VII, and then tried to go back to the original Final Fantasy VII. But I didn't play fifteen. I know you did. You dabbled in it. Didn't last too long. I just shitted on it because you were fishing and it looked boring as shit. Well, I mean, I lasted long enough. I mean, I played like twenty something hours. I just didn't finish it. That's I, crazy. I didn't enjoy it that much. Like it just didn't really get better. Mm-hmm. So I gave it a, I gave it an honest shot. If you can't pull me in after like twenty hours, then that's on them. Yeah, it, it was then, a I'm... fine game, just nothing like really special. But you know, this is not the team. The team that made Final Fantasy fifteen is the team that made for Spoken. So which makes sense. So it's not the, the team that is making sixteen is a different team. So there's like reason to be excited for sure. Yeah. And then it's glad to hear that it's gone gold so early. Hopefully they use like these next like two months to just polish that bitch up and then just an, maybe a complete release day one. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I think I think that Final Fantasy has been doing a really good job lately. I, I think that Crisis Core is really good. Seven obviously is really excellent. And then it's fun to see. It's fun to dabble in some of the older ones. Like I played some of Final Fantasy nine and you know, Final Fantasy X a little bit here and there, but then also kind of to go with this, it's a good week for Final Fantasy news, is the Pixel Remasters, their release date has been announced. So these Pixel Remasters have been available on mobile and PC, but are now going to be coming to PS4 and Switch, and they'll be releasing on April 19th. The remasters include Final Fantasy 1 through 6. They can be purchased as a bundle for $75 or separately. Now, they're not the same price separately, so we did make sure we get the breakdown here for you guys. Final Fantasy 1 and 2 will be $12. 
separately and uh final fantasy 3 and 6 would be 18 a pop so a little bit of a difference in pricing and then some of the differences between these and the pixel remasters on mobile or pc is these ones will be updated to include a new pixel font as one of the main complaints of those remasters was the font not looking correct with the art style and the backdrop and then you can also turn off random encounters and boost xp up to four four times so you don't have to spend as much time grinding i think i think it's great to have this as almost like another little appetizer just get excited for final fantasy get in that world i think for me personally i feel like 75 is a little steep but i don't know what level of work goes into these remasters i don't think 75 is bad because you're getting six games and I did just do the math. It is $96 to buy them a la carte. So you're saving a little bit over 20 bucks. So it's, you're saving more than the cost of a game. So it's not a bad bundle. 75, I could see, I think the flat 70 would have been better. But, you know, 75, six games. They put in work to make this. I think I'll just have to see how they The feel. quality of the port really matters. I yeah, think. and what's the level of the remaster? Because playing games, and I know that these are just ports, not remasters, but recently trying out like wild arms and legend of dragoon and the kind of jrpgs that are on the premium service my first reaction was just like fuck these are old and like i'm actually not that interested in them once i started playing them now i know that these are different because there's a there's a special kind of ugliness to like the late 90s 3d blocks of yeah, characters the PS1 so, is a special special beast yes there's, a, there's that's a different kind of ugly so i understand that that's different so we just i'll just have to try to I mean an example that i think would be a little bit closer is when chrono cross had its remaster even though it was a bad remaster i really enjoyed that so yeah i mean i, I i'd be interested to i wonder how so for 75 would you approach this would you get the 75 bundle or would you do them piece by piece and then just see how much you like them? Because we know that four and six are like the favorites here. Yeah, I, I hmm. honestly, I might just buy six, maybe. Yeah. I, logistically, I don't think I'm buying any of these right now. I'd probably just wait for the bundle to go on sale for like 40, 50 bucks. Mm. But because April's kind of busy and we still got I still got to finish up Resident Evil four and then you know we got dead island two coming in hot and then we also got star wars jedi survivor so just right now it's like i don't have any time to to play these games Mm -hmm. so i would say though if i was a final fantasy fan i would just do the 75 up front just to get it all out the way but if i since me being a newcomer i'd probably get six yeah that's fair me being i don't know the way i am with listing and stuff like that i'd probably just get the first one and see how much Mm -hmm. i get through it but I, I, we actually have a listener inquiry about Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters, and uh, Snipe the Goldie wrote in, and you can always write in. I post a Instagram story at the Go for Bronze Instagram page at Go for Bronze Pod, and you can submit your questions, and they will possibly make the show. Uh, so Snipe the Goldie says, "Greeting, gents. With the announcement of the Final Fantasy Pixel Pixel Remasters, I was wondering your history with the franchise, and." How do you feel about NES and SNES games as a whole? Keep up the great work. Love listening on my way to work. Mm. So we kind of answered those questions a little bit, our history with the franchise, but what, how do you feel about NES, SNES games? Do you, do you think it's essential? I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rephrase this question. Do you think it's essential as a gamer to even know about these games or play these games and be experienced with these games? I think that it is good to definitely go back and experience them. I think that 
I, I also understand it being a little bit more difficult in the sense of like, if I was to compare this medium to something like movies, I think movies, if you like movies, you should be watching them from basically since the early 1900s, at least a little bit. It doesn't matter when it came out because you're, you're a true cinephile. Yeah, you experiencing it is not going to be that is not really going to be that different. But for games, I understand that like the way that you interact with them has changed so much that it's a it's a more of an ask of the person who's experiencing the medium to play something that's old for me personally, at least at the age that we're at, I think SNES, the games, the top games on like the SNES era or the games that are nostalgic to me, I'm down for NES is a hard sell for me. Most things NES on, is rough. Most things on NES that I try, I play for like 15, 20 minutes. And then I'm like, I don't really know if I can do this. And it's especially because most of the stuff from that era has just continued on. And so I could play a better version of it. There's not a lot of games that come to my mind that I'm like, this is either an NES or SNES game. That was like a one-off where I can only play it there. The games that maybe come to mind are like earthbound, but even then with earthbound, I played it not that long ago and it's cool, but I didn't play it as a little kid. So I don't think I was like tied to it in any particular way. And so I was like, well, I could just play something that's even maybe in this art style, but is a modern game. Yeah, I think I think what you said is correct with different art forms. Is it's easier to go back, but the because the input, it's like the way you play games. It's just so different from how we play games now. But I actually do think that the NES and SNES era is easier to go back to for modern gamers, even than going back to that PS1 and 64 time period and dreamcast are like that's that's a more weirder like the way games play then are kind of more different than now because they were trying to do 3 3d but they just don't control it all the way that our 3d games play these games still kind of play like how when people indie studios make a 2d game they still kind of function in the same sense and those games like indie games like shovel knight and stuff like that have been famous and popular so you can play something that's similar to that and I think you can adapt to it. I think the hardest thing would be going back is just difficulty and lack of safe states. I agree. It's a lot of the quality of life things. And then, the, I mean, it's context too, right? Because even if you're on the PS1 era, there are some games that are very hard to play and there are some that are not. Like if you go back and you're going to play a fighting game, that, that, that you, works. it'll be completely fine. Or if you go back to play an old Gran Turismo or an old racing game, that'll also be fine too. You might not have... Siphon Filter, what about that? Yeah, Siphon <laughs> Filter is different, exactly. So like a 3D action game is a good example where it's different or like trying to play a first-person shooter before you have two analog sticks is difficult or... I mean, I think the big example that we're kind of mentioning are these like RPGs or like these big just adventure games where they they're a lot they were a lot more clunky than they are now and so yeah exactly difficulty but then with difficulty it's twofold because some of that difficulty is because they're actually hard and some of that difficulty is just like cheap shit where it's like well there wasn't a checkpoint and you didn't save your game so you got hit by like some fucking i don't know some bullet that came from somewhere off screen and now like your entire shit is over yeah and also like difficulty was built in to make the product last longer and I think, I mean, the difficulty thing, I think, has come back in a full swing where I would say games are more difficult now. It's just they're just they're just more difficult because they're actually hard. They're just not cheap. Like mm-hmm. I always felt like that was like a separating factor where a lot of times you'd hear people be like, oh, this game was so hard or whatever. It's like, OK, it probably was. But was it difficult because it was demanding of you or was it difficult just because it's like 
really tough to complete. Oh, by the way, bringing this up as a side note, just because we were talking about Meet Your Maker, when me and Joel were playing it, we were talking about the Mario Maker nature of it and how people in Mario Maker make crazy ass difficult levels, but it's a, it's a standard that they have to be able to complete the level to post it. Yeah. In Meet Your Maker, you don't have to complete the level to post it. That's bullshit. So just just to let you know that you don't have to actually go oh. through it. the requirement of it is that you have a minimum number of like traps and guards. But then the when you're going in to steal the gen mat, there is a little like robot creature that you can follow to it. When you're creating the level, that robot has to be able to make it there and be able to make it out. That's like one of the big requirements. If he can't or it can't find its way to the gen mat and make it out, then you can't make the level or you can't post it. Okay. That's good to know. But that I was just uh, speaking to just like, yeah, just talking about me, your maker and the level of difficulty. But I think that going back to old games, NES is really rough. SNES is fine. And then I think it gradually gets better with some exceptions. There are certain yeah, games PS2, that are just too some rough. Some PS2 stuff's even hard too. Yeah, absolutely. Like old Resident Evils, like is like Resident Evil Four, the original one, I think is like borderline unplayable. Yeah, you for can't modern move. audiences. You yeah, can, it's so. hard to go back to it, but if you grew up with it, then it's fine. Yeah, and also like you know to give our gaming credentials. I, I mean, I I think you also start. You started on sixteen bit. You played Genesis first, right? I played I played Genesis first, which I believe is thirty two bit. Not to oh yeah, I, you're right. I, I think you know you're good. No, no, no I was just so you could do when Nintendo. You know, well I'm was so it was thirty two bit. Was SNES not thirty two bit? No, SNES was a. Uh, was a 16-bit. That's why that whole thing mm. was like the marketing campaign. Sega does what Nintendo. Got it. So yeah, I started on Sega Genesis, and then I well, I started with a combo of Sega Genesis and PS2. I feel like because I was so I was born in 1997. So the first Old time I like play, shut up. The first time I like played a game that I can like kind of remember, I feel like was probably like four or five. The first time I beat a game, I think I was six. But I think at that time, I was six. You'd be like early 2000s. I think Sly Cooper was probably one of the first games I beat. So I dabbled on like the N64 and the Genesis because those are what my brothers were not playing. And then when we got around to having more than one PS2, then I think is when I would use the PS2. Yeah, I, I started up on uh, Super Nintendo. I didn't have older brothers, so my parents weren't like just getting me the newest console. It was until I became a conscious gamer that I was like, I want the new thing now. Mm -hmm. But I played uh, Super Nintendo for a long time growing up. Like I loved Donkey Kong Country 2, uh, Super Mario World and Mario Kart. I just had those three games and I just were playing them on repeat. The original Mario Kart is fucking savage. It's so hard. And Princess Peach is like the greatest NPC of all time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just because she's like really difficult in it. It's crazy. It's dominant. Dominant yeah. on the cart. Really? But uh, yeah, that. I, that was a good question. Good, good question. Snipe the goalie. Yeah, good question. Good name too. I like the name. I think, and so yeah, moving on from Final Fantasy, kind of continuing on the news. These are just some small spatterings, not too much detail here, but just more movies in the works that are related to to gaming things. So, Street Fighter is in talks to have another movie, another go at that, and a TV show. And the rights have been given to Legendary. Legendary is the studio that did. I know they did Inception. I believe they did The Dark Knights too. 
I don't know what they work on now, but of course there's more, you know, there's more people attached to those projects that I mentioned, but legendary is going to be attached to that. And there was also talks of now there will be a Minecraft movie that Jason Momoa will be into some capacity and that'll come in 2025. So this is just kind of like broader because we get so many announcements about TV shows and movies that are related to games. Do you have any opinions on, on either of these? I think street fighter is fine. I, street fighter could be cool. I mean, it'll be going but, up against the Mortal Kombat 2 movie, so that'll be fun. That, yeah, that definitely will be fun. I think that yeah, Street Fighter seems cool. Minecraft movie, I actually don't think it could be that bad because I actually really enjoyed the Telltale Minecraft game, which had like Patton Oswalt uh, vo- voice the main character. I thought that that was pretty like it was like a cute like it had like an 80s like Goonies kind of vibe to it. So I feel like they can recreate kind of similar magic with a movie. If it's as long as it's not live action, this is, I hope this is not live action. If it is, then all bets are off. This is going to be hot trash. Yeah, we'll just have to see. I mean, there's a yeah. Well, I mean, we. I'm trying to think of an example. Right, we did Last of Us. We had recently. We're going to get Gran Turismo coming up. We're going to get Fallout coming the up. The Mario movie. The Mario movie. Uh, that's animated, and those other ones are live action. So I'm trying to think of one of an example that we would think would be better one way or another, but then is not so like for example the borderlands movie in my head i'm like that's animated but i think it's live action so i wonder how it'll actually look i think yeah that would look i think it's i I think the way Borderlands can be like mad max so i think that Mm, would look not too bad i think that i i understand where you're coming from minus the color i think the color of borderlands would make it look really basically not mad max like mad max is very just sand and rust yeah and then that's what that's what def like that's what like distinguishes it from mad max but i think it will have like the baseline of like the well because they have no but borderlands you go to different places but i think they're mm-hmm. gonna do they do the first game the first game is mostly just like kind of deserty like arid like yeah that's true. not very descriptive or like interesting landscape so they could do kind of a similar vibe with the first game and the first like in a movie but I just want yeah, basically just want to go see. a lot of places. I just want to see how it's done. Like Horizon would be another example where, like, we know they're working on a TV show, exactly. But it's just like, yeah, he's made. So Joel's making like a yikes space, but like it could look cool. But that's what I'm saying. Where those are games where I'm initially like, yeah, animated. I'm still interested live action. I just want to know, like, can it be done and not look weird? If Marvel and Star Wars TV shows don't even get the proper budgeting for like like movie level cgi on a consistent basis uh, there's no way a horizon netflix show is going to look good live action i think i just don't didn't didn't the like uh director one of the senior level people about vfx at like marvel didn't she just get fired yes the uh for mcu mm. the mcu v like the director of the visual effects so um yeah if that company can't do it and they disney fucking prints money I do think that Netflix is going to have a hard time making a horizon thing look good in live action. But I think, I think we can, you know, use some anime stuff. I think anime is a good gateway for video games. I think cyberpunk with uh, blade runner, edge runners, blade, edge runners, whatever, you know, I thought that I know that got good reviews. I didn't watch it, but I feel like that's a cool thing. I was actually thinking of uncharted anime would be cool as fuck. Yeah, I think that would be cool. I think Uncharted. I think Uncharted is one of those things that works in almost any art style. Mm-hmm, it definitely, definitely would be cool in anime. I don't. I don't hate. I don't hate Tom Holland and Marky Mark though. 
I don't. I mean, I don't. I definitely didn't hate them either. I mean, when we both watched it together, and I, th- I think we both left like it was good. It was not great, but it was better than we expected. So we were impressed. Yeah, it was just weird because it was a remix of like every game, but then it seems like it set up the first game. Yeah, it was. It was a little odd, like that. Definitely, the so, timing was weird. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe PlayStation's kind of gassing up all these other video game companies to think that they can do what they do, but. I mean, it's hard out here. It is hard, but I I mean, the God of War TV show, is that going to be like, that's live action too? Like, how is that going to work? I don't know. That's what I'm saying where I'm like, I feel like we just have to, we just have to see one of these examples because uh, Gran Turismo is very safe for live action. I think Fallout is pretty safe for live action. I'm actually excited about that. Yeah, and me too. And I think, I mean, you have Jonathan Nolan working on the writing. I think, yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely exciting. I think some of these products will be really good. I, I don't think that as a whole I hear about it. I'm like, oh, they'll all be bad. It's more so just like a, there's always the energy a little bit from me where I'm like, I like seeing IP that I enjoy in different mediums, but it, I I also just like seeing new shit sometimes. It feels a little like cash grabby. Yeah, of course. And so it's. I wonder how it'll work out for all of these companies too, because we know that it's like a very difficult time financially. And I feel like a lot of these are, I feel like they might think they're safe, but I don't know how safe they actually are. Yeah. I think they don't understand how fickle the video game fan base is. There's like a, especially it's just so weird when you interact with the world where you control it and then you watch things play out. And even in like the Last of Us TV show, you're like, that's not what I would have done. Mm-hmm. Like there was a scene where like uh, where they like where they crashed the car from the sh- like the, where Joel runs into the guy that was like trying to fake being injured, and then like the way that played out in the like show was so different from the game. And I was like, I was like, it's like Joel, if I was like playing as Joel, I was like it was only two guys. I would have fucking iced them like two seconds. Yeah, and I mean even. And this is very early. No spoilers if somebody hasn't watched the show, but like there are infected in the show. And one of the first experiences they have with an infected, I'm like, you would be fucking dead if you were playing the game and like that happened. And so like you just so that stuff breaks it. Yeah, it breaks it because it's like there is definitely that like, well, I would have done this. But then it's even like you, people who have played it are going to be aware of like that doesn't work that way. But then that's an that's an issue with remakes and all that just in general is that it's like it's safe that you're doing that. But it's also like everyone is going to compare it to what it once was. So like you have to account for that where if it's something new, you don't necessarily have to do that. But I don't know. Weird stuff. But yeah, I mean, we'll see how it works for them. And I also feel like I'm a little protective over the video game stuff just because now I don't want a bunch of motherfuckers being like the last was TV shows better than the game. Like once I start hearing normally say stupid shit like that, that's what's really going to just drive me up a fucking wall. Well, that's one of the nice things about games is that it's one of the things that we talk about is you can't really be fake with games because you yeah. can't be like, Oh, you know, I'm a, this fan and be like, you didn't even beat the game. I just looked at your trophies. Mm-hmm. So like, it's, it's nice that you can easily just like see that and be like, no, nah, you're not, you're lying. They're like, no, 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 I promise I did. It's just, uh. Yeah, 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 sure you did. We had a famous friend in the past that said he beat Fallout 3. Yeah, and that was bullshit. <laughs> Tried to pull the retroactively added the trophies card, but they didn't because Fallout 3 came out in 2008 and it launched with trophies. Yeah, so can't be fucking around like that. Can't be bullshitting us. We're on top of this. <laughs> now, there's not really a 
sexy way to transition into this story because it's just unfortunate. Just so you just got to transition into it. But so the, things have been really rough kind of economically speaking. And so a lot of companies have been having layoffs. EA recently laid off a large number of people last week. And so we just heard of another kind of round of layoffs uh, at Amazon. Amazon in some of their gaming divisions. So they're split up a little bit differently. There's like Prime Gaming and then there's a couple of others. In totality, they'll be laying off over 100 uh, employees. But this is just news that's like really, I feel like you're just hearing it every day or every week that a different company is like slashing their employee lists, both to run more efficiently, but also to, you know, that like they like need to quote unquote reduce their costs. And so it's just kind of like really widespread. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just kind of more of a sign of the times, just with the economy, the impending recession, mm-hmm. depression, the blah, 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 whatever they want to say it is. But, you know, just the companies gearing up for that hard time economically that seems to be coming around the horizon, which, I mean, they keep on saying it's coming. I'm like, bro, like, I'm already struggling out here now. No, it's here. Like, it's here. I feel it, too. <laughs> I think it's just I think the thing is, is that it's here and it's getting rough and I think it will just get a lot worse but then hopefully we'll dip out of it but it i mean yeah yeah, it's getting rough but i don't know if this from what i was reading i don't believe that this is impacting any project specifically so if you're someone out there who's interested in like the new tomb raider and stuff like that i don't think that this has because this doesn't have an impact into the into direct studios from what i was reading it's different gaming divisions but i don't think it's direct studios so i don't know any product that's impacted by this I wonder if they even consider like Twitch gaming because they own Twitch. That might be considered. So, you know, I could see they, that when they when they use like generic wording like that, it could be just coming from a d- bunch of different places. I mean, it sucks to hear people losing their jobs, but hopefully they bounce back on their feet and find another job in the gaming industry. Yeah, definitely. I think. Yeah, hopefully. And I mean, on the on the positive side to just try to, you know, see something good out of this is that there are so many new studios forming that hopefully a lot so, of yeah, these people that are leaving those yeah hopefully they can they can find a new place to be and speaking about that konami is forming a new studio in osaka japan and so they're calling this new studio a in quotes major production center and that this facility is fully equipped with motion capture equipment and sound studios necessary for product development they didn't say necessarily what is going to be in production here but but konami is just kind of like getting back into the swing of things of making games. So it's cool to see that they're now going to have like a big facility and that they're really getting behind it. We know that we have Silent Hill 2 coming that they're working with partners on. That one will be coming from Bluebird team. But they also said themselves that they've been working on things quietly underway is like the thing that we've mentioned. So um, I don't know what they're going to be maybe reviving or working on specifically, but I just... when I was reading this specifically when it said motion capture equipment and sound studios, I got excited because that just makes me think of like Sony. I know shares their mocap between their studios to make like, you know, to make their, their productions, they share that studio. So for them to, I know that it's really expensive to have that kind of rig. So for them to be like, we're building this, we're getting into this makes me feel like, all right, well, they're going to at least, they're at least going to pump some products out of this. And hopefully single player, because that seems like more of a single player kind of thing. Hopefully, yeah. like, you know, detailed cutscenes and stuff like that. But, you know, Konami getting back in the games, uh, not not the worst thing they have. They, I mean, they have a collection of great IP to, you know, tap. So hopefully they can tap into some of that, either new Silent Hills games, possibly new Metal Gear games. 
uh, they also are um, Castlevania as well, right? Yeah, Castlevania. Yep. Castlevania. So, you know, they they have some classic IPs, and maybe they can make a new thing here or there too. You know, I I don't think it's bad at all. Konami was shamed for a while in the industry just when you know the whole Kojima thing happened with Metal Gear Solid Five. It kind of, and then they released Metal Gear Survive, which is like the worst game ever. So then, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we never played it, but. I mean, it like it literally sold like zero copies, not zero copies, literally, but it, it it didn't sell very well and was reviewed very poorly. Could that also have been just backlash from just people not liking the way things ended with Kojima? Probably a little bit of that, but the game didn't really seem to stand on its own merit. So that was like their last release, I remember. So hopefully they get into some good shit now. Definitely. I mean, you said worst game ever. I was just just fucking with you but it's tough to see it makes me think of i watched the review earlier today for specifically the ign review for crime boss rock k city and tough to hear that that shit sucks tough to hear that shit sucks and and actually we had somebody write in about crime boss rock k city so if you don't mind i'm gonna insert that question right now stormtrooper 908 what's up trophy sluts did you see the reviews <laughs> of crime boss rock k city I don't know what your uh, expectation was for the game, but I was disappointed to see the negative reviews. Uh, are narrative-based FPS games a thing of the past? I, th- I mean, timely, very timely question. I was having a conversation about somebody about narrative first-person games. It was a, a really nice coworker of mine who was asking me about like what I would recommend, and I think that the, I think that the time for a narrative first person shooters are at a pause i'm hoping that they come back i think the reason i think the reason why we don't get them is because i think that publishers and developers think of first person and think well it has to have multiplayer Mm -hmm. like if we're gonna make it it has to have multiplayer which i don't really think is the case and so i think a great example of that is like death loop so i think it's possible to do a first person shooter that's not just multiplayer centric but we're definitely at a lull for it and we don't really know of a lot that are in development and i'm also disappointed with crime boss rock hey city it just seems like a it seems like up front you're trying to be dumb and so it's impressive that you like messed it up it kind of seems feels a little bit similar to the new saints row in that sense where it's like you you don't even have to be taking yourself seriously at all so like i'm not expecting anything crazy but like it's still disappointing it looked very buggy too yeah, I got the same vibe of like Saints Row, the new reboot that was released last year. But yeah, I was dif- I was disappointed to see it because I was looking forward to it. And like like the writer right in said, like we don't get any single player narrative first person shooters. And I, I think I think a big reason of this might also be the last Wolfenstein Wolfenstein 2 released uh, not very great sales and i think that was the last great like uh well that in doom I, those two games are like the, the last great bastions of narrative first person shooters and just like uh i mean doom is is popular but i don't think doom is like making the same kind of money like call of duty and well no no, no, like no. absolutely not but it's i think i think doom is still a great seller for them but yeah i mean that's the thing though is that i think it's and it, it makes sense that you would but I think they probably think of it the same way. And I think it's harmful to be like, well, every first person shooter needs to compete at that level. And it's like, no, they don't. Yeah. And I think that's the issue too. I agree 100% with that. And I think studios now our publishers now, they see a studio make a first person game and they're like, Oh, this has a good gameplay loop. This has a good game, like, you know, mechanics. 
uh, can you make this into a battle royale? And then we'll just fucking throw a little bit of like random like Fortnite emotes in there, lighten it up with some like colorful palette of like colors and then just push it out there and it's a free to play game and yada yada and that's it. So I think that's what happens with a lot of these games now is that they're just kind of shoehorned into these multiplayer things and that's why we get so many multiplayer games that kind of flop well where they could have took these cool mechanics and just made it like poor narrative game you know upgrades and all the stuff yeah i think that's true i i'm trying to think is there any part of the question that we didn't answer is there any part of I don't the question th- oh no there? so i don't think there was but what i did want to mention is that with crime boss another thing watching the reviews it looked a lot less single player than i thought it would be it looks like very co-op, right? It looked very, yeah, it looked very co-op, but it didn't look even very campaign driven. It looked like there's a bunch of different modes that you can play, and there's like mm. cutscenes, but it just looked kind of confusing. So just unfortunate that it's kind of a mess, but it happens. But that one was exciting when it got announced. It looked different. It looked different, that, and I think it was like it was tackling like a, it was going to be the Saints Row replacement. It seemed like you know the goofy, wacky crime thing. That was like, you know, it would seem like a tell a crude joke here or there, but it just kind of fell flat. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But I mean, at the moment, relying on our, our uh, beloved Sony to to help us out, the technology that I was talking about earlier is there's a patent that shows that they are going to be making control. Well, not going to be because they do patents all the time that may or may not happen. But there's a patent that talks about controllers that can simulate temperatures and so the way that this would work is they would basically have a they would basically have a different material in the handles of the controller that wouldn't be a hard plastic but would be an elastic material where electricity would control the temperature of it so maybe if you're in like a warm area of a game it would heat it up so it's hot in your hands or if you're in like an icy area it would be cold in your hands and okay. I, I just thought that sounded cool. I know that they also, but again, they do patents all the time. They even had a patent for the DualSense controllers that it would take in your like heartbeat and hand sweat and change the game based on like how scared or intense it is. But I don't know the, the temperature thing. I never thought about and that actually sounds really, I was thinking about like if you're in a snowy area in the game and the controller is like cold, I feel like that would be really cool. Yeah. And uh, we actually have a listener write in as well about this topic. Uh, this one comes from My Legacy's Kane. Hello, my fellow PlayStation brethren. Did you see that Sony registered a patent for a controller that could change temperatures in reaction to a player's actions? What improvements can you see with the DualSense, and what's your favorite PlayStation controller of all time? Mm. So we can go on until what you... What do you want to see from Sony in terms of a new controller? What I think... To, you know baseline right now is that they are having they have a fantastic controller with the dual sense i don't really know what much more i can expect but stuff like this is cool shit that can make it more immersive with the temperatures i think it might sound weird or dumb but for me i would want the touchpad on it to be split like down the middle i don't know about down the middle or in thirds but i don't like there there are games where the touchpad will have a different functionality right left or down center and so Mm. the only thing i can think of is maybe having the touchpad be somehow split or if it's not split just make it easier to denote when i'm pressing right or left or down now the game that i'm thinking about specifically and it's unnecessary but like in gran turismo if you want to have a turn signal on 
right would be the right touchpad, left would be left touchpad, or if you want your emergency lights on, you just press the middle of the touchpad. So I feel mm-hmm. like a slight improvement could be like a little bit more clear delineation of like which button on the touchpad I'm pressing because it's it's not easy to like. I mean, obviously where you press, but like the middle one especially, I'm like, what is considered the middle of it? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great it's a great observation because some games use it as a button to like get to the map, and then sometimes you press the wrong thing, and it's like takes you to a whole new screen and you're like, wait, what the fuck am I in the right menu? And so mm-hmm. I totally see where you're coming there with like the sensor kind of just being, you don't know exactly what you're going to get from where you're hitting it. But cause I understand yeah. the, now I fully understand the keeping it as one solid button, like in the PS4 generation, assuming that you're using it to swipe. The thing is, is nobody ever fucking uses it to swipe anymore. So that's why now I'm like, well, if it's going to be used as a button, maybe make it where it's a little bit easier to tell which button I'm pressing because nobody's using the slide thing. So that doesn't, it does that. I feel like the slide thing is what would necessitate it being one solid button, but it's since that's not being used. Yeah, I guess that's true. I think aesthetically it looks better one button than it being split into like two or three, but that's true. But, but yeah, so, but what's your favorite PlayStation controller of all time? I mean, I feel like it, I feel like it has to be current dual sense. Just because are we are we talking PlayStation or just in general? We can we can open it up to general. Is there a controller that you like more than a dual? No, I guess it's just dual sense. I guess I'm full of shit. I don't even know why I asked okay. that. I mean, the Guitar Hero controller is excellent. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's great for yeah, great functionality. The Guitar Hero Five yeah. controller specifically is my favorite. <laughs> now that is one where I can go into full detail about the different guitars. But no, I think for just games, I think dual sense. Hmm. I think yeah, dual sense. But for me, nostalgically, I like my like a uh, nostalgic is the, just a dual dual shock three, just a fantastic. And it's like it was the last one that would looked like the original place. Well, not the original original PlayStation controller, but the original dual shock. And I am kind of a little upset that they didn't call it dual shock five. They called it dual sense. I know it's like such a big step that it's not really following in the same lineage, mm. but you know. I, I think the PlayStation controllers have gotten better with each, with each generation, so that's a great thing. It's kind of weird how Xbox had a better controller during the 360 era in, in some people's eyes. I didn't think the DualShock 3 was that bad, but also I was, you know, Stockholm Syndrome. I've just been a PlayStation gamer my whole life. But their controller's kind of been stagnant. I think the, the Series X and Series S controller is basically an Xbox One controller. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Thinking about the DualShock 3 specifically, the only thing for me that I remember is the I, the triggers are fucking awful. Slippery. Specifically because I really enjoyed racing games. Or I still do. I love racing games. And oh so holding God. down the DualShock 3 trigger sucks because you either have two choices. You either hold it down in the middle of the button and then have the chance that your finger slips off or... You just are like, it's not going to slip off. I'm just going to hold it towards the top. But then you end up having a fucking indent on your finger because what you're really pressing is the space in between the trigger and the like mm-hmm. empty, the like dead uh, negative space. You're having like your skin catch exactly. it so that it just stays. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exactly like, a, that's like about. a core memory of using those controllers is having your skin caught. If I was just to give like a kind of random, just like a nostalgic answer for a controller, I mean, it'll seem super random, but it would be the Sega Genesis Turbo um, joystick 
There was a okay. big joystick controller. I still have it. Actually, I have a lot of my like all of my old stuff, but it's a big joystick with the three buttons, the ABC. But the reason why I bring it up is because it had a it had turbo settings on each button. And so if you press the turbo and then held the button, it would just like hit the button really fast, but you just had to hold it. And so like in certain fighting games like Street Fighter, where you do like E Honda's like really fast one where all it is is tapping the button, I could just hit turbo and then just hold the button. Damn, that's some fuck shit. Yeah. I mean, it was a cool looking controller too. That was like black and then like all the text was red. It looked like really aggressive. It was like a fucking sports car. That's cool, yeah. I, I, I love controllers. I like the, the... Like, I would love to have, like, in my dream gaming room, I would like to have, like, a like a display of every single controller because I think it's just so cool to kind of see, like, how they evolved, what certain companies thought was what's going to work. I mean, Nintendo's very experimental with their controllers with, like, I don't even know what the fuck they were thinking with the N64 controller, mm-hmm. but it's just cool to kind of just see how everybody interpreted and, and especially going into 3D, like what was necessary for the controller to control the space. Um, yeah, but, definitely. Uh, yeah, I think right now we're kind of just, we're kind of like mastered it with the dual sense. I don't, I, I really find it hard for PlayStation to up the quality. I think we definitely hit a plateau here. I think so. I think the bio, the gathering bio data for like heartbeat and sweat sounds kind of interesting. The temperature thing I think sounds really awesome. It sounds immersive, but it sounds more appropriate for VR, honestly. Yeah, I agree. I think that would be like, what happens if they make fucking VR like, you know, the DualSense Edge, like the Sense Edge controller for VR and it has like con- like temperature shit. I can see that. That would be cool, too. But um, but yeah, no, this is cool. Sony, Sony patenting shit, doing shit on the side. And I don't know if you saw, but the, the handheld rumors have been swirling up again. No, I haven't seen that for a PlayStation handheld. Yes, yeah, so yeah, some rumors are swirling up about PlayStation dabbling again in another handheld. I'm pretty sure they're always R and Ding shit, but who knows if this will actually see the market. But yeah, this is just like people are saying that since they saw the success of the Steam uh what is it called? Steam the, Deck. Steam Deck, yeah. They saw the success of the Steam Deck and obviously the Switch. They might be dabbling in something like that. And I think honestly, that would be really cool. Because I wasn't a big believer in remote play, but playing with the backbone on my phone, that shit is like fantastic. And I can only imagine like a proper like handheld and then doing remote play and having more power than my phone. It would run like really smooth. And it's, you know, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Yeah, that stuff is, I think that the, that portable nature of games is really awesome. It's like, the best part I think of the Switch. Baseline, like a new PSP or PS Vita 2. It just needs to be able to run PS4 games. Mm. You think you want PS5? I think they would have to. I don't think so. I think PS4 is all they need. Nah, I don't think so people. So many would games buy are that. still PS4. That's true, but so okay, but so I what you're saying is true, but also is basically saying that would you be okay with because they now have to support that they have a PS4 or a lesser version of every new oh. game. Fuck you! Right. So that's where Fuck it's that. like it's like well, don't make a handheld. Yeah, don't make a handheld. Just we don't need that shit. Whatever, it's fine. If you're gonna do it, do it correctly or don't do it at all. Invest in VR because I already invested. Yeah, invest in, in VR. I agree. And so we'll, hopefully we'll be able to find out more of what they're investing in, just in terms of like getting a showcase, right? So this isn't. I I, I hesitate to say that it's like a. It's just been a thing that's swirling around in general of like when are they gonna do a showcase, and so. Yes. 
We're hoping that they do a showcase sometime in the summer, which seems to be a common thing. But I think it's a common thing just because every other big player is having a showcase. But then we also have the Spider-Man 2 voice actor talking about there'll be massive publicity for Spider-Man the month before it comes out. It'll come out in September, but there'll be publicity in August, which makes me think there's a chance that the showcase is in August. So I figured I'd give a little rundown here, and then we have another announcement too. The little rundown is on June 8th, we're getting Summer Games Fest. On June 9th and 10th, we're getting key three days of play, but I think that Summer Games Fest is like the main stuff. Okay. June 11th will be Xbox and Bethesda is having a showcase, and then the Starfield Direct. June 12th is going to be the Ubisoft Forward. And then the other announcement that we got here is that Gamescom Opening Night Live is going to be happening August 22nd. Ooh, it's, I feel it's a little earlier for Gamescom. I think it is, too. So I think that we're getting all of those um, there. And then, of course, hopefully Sony's will just fall somewhere in between there. This is following the information that we received last week that E3 is officially canceled. And so this is just kind of looking at the full roster besides that of what we have showcase-wise. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for I'm excited for this summer. I feel like there's a lot that is going to be announced I agree. and revealed. I feel like we're kind of we've we're kind of now this is the year where we're going to see a lot of like stuff that has been in showcases for the last few years. We're going to get Star Wars that's been teased and been at many shows. Resident Evil 4 has been at many shows. Final Fantasy 16 has been at many shows. Um I'm trying to think about what else. I think Spider-Man 2 hasn't been at many shows. Mm-mm. But I think this is yeah. the first wave. I feel like this generation is going to be like split into like two or three waves. And we're just now finishing the first wave. And then hopefully Sony will come out with a big showcase. And then that'll be like the second wave. You know what I mean? Because it seems like they're... It seems We have no idea what 24, 25... Exactly. Like it's, it's not like a slow trickle. It feels like they're trying to get everything out that we know about. And then we'll do another big blowout. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I, I definitely agree. I hope we get factions this year. I want factions so bad. I do. I, I want factions also. I Yeah. I... I want I want new games to be like I want to be confident that a new game is going to be like really good. I think everyone does, but I'm saying at the moment the only games I can think of that are going to be like really cool are all sequels or remakes. Yeah, we haven't we so this generation hasn't really had that like great new IP yet, I would mm, say, right? I well, I think I think there's not a lot of them, but I think there are some. Like I would, I would say Returnal is really cool and original. I'd say like I would agree with Returnal, but that's more niche. I mean, I mean, oh, more like, like I mean, a universal. No, I don't think like, so. You know, like like a like a Bioshock for the, the PS3. Well, I think a, Bio- a Bioshock type game now, I think, would be considered niche. Damn, Mark, why fucking make me feel old? Well, because I think that, <laughs> well, like we were saying, first-person shooters aren't really the standard. I think in the PS3 era, you had... I think PS... Oh, yeah, you go. You that was just bad. that you had these first-person shooters, and then, like, Bioshock is a really, like, sexy, excellent narrative first-person shooter. But now is the fucking third-person action open world. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't... I, and I think PS4 didn't even have, like, a unanimous... I think we're out of the... The internet and gaming has become so big. Everything is so niche. I don't even think PS4 necessarily has a unanimous, like this great IP that started in this generation. Mm-hmm. I, I I will give it to probably Destiny or Horizon. That doesn't really. 
There's a couple. No. I mean, are you? I I think so. I think I think the threshold of what you're considering is important. Are you thinking of like there's not like a top ten all time IP or? I'm talking about a game that's new, a new brand new IP that nobody knows about. That is like now up there with like it's somebody's favorite game of all time. So a top ten esque game of all time. I don't think there was a new IP last generation that was. I mean, no Death Stranding. I lied. Yeah, I think that there is. I think that, yeah, I mean, I think that there is. And that's what I'm saying, where like even like Returnal is niche, but I can, it's still an excellent game. I think that it would be, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be tough. It'd be tough to just be like, is there a new game that's like all the way at the top? I just want something that's like really good. That's what I'm saying. I just want something that tickles me. Yeah, it doesn't have to tickle me in the right space. It doesn't have to be like the best thing ever, but I just don't like the anything's everything sequel remake i understand obviously you have to have sequels and remakes but like just not i want there to be something else to be like this might be the best game that came out this year yeah and i think you know we'll see more of that in the fall we have spider-man 2 to contend yeah in silent hill 2 remake i was like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about like maybe if they announce something that we don't know about but i'm I'm hopeful for something that's going to be announced at one of these shows in the summertime that comes out in the fall. I'm hoping for a surprise little like mm-hmm. Fallout 4 action. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that would be ideal, right? But then the closest thing we had to that was Crime Boss Rock A City. Yeah, that was not... A th- and, you know, it makes sense now how little buzz that game got, like little marketing. They just had that initial pop at VGAs. They probably saw they had good, like a good Q score or like it had good reactions. They're like, all right, we're not gonna, we're just gonna go fucking Silent Dark on this, release it, and then people are gonna be like, oh, remember that cool game from the VGAs? They'll buy it, and then that's. I think it's just. I think that's. I think it's really tough with games because they'll. I, in my personal opinion, the only way to know if something is gonna be good or not before it comes out is the track record of the dev team. Because even mm-hmm. besides that, I mean, Atomic Heart, tons of buzz, eh, and it came out and just kind of like whatever. So it's just yeah. kind of. I don't know. It's difficult. It's hard for. It's hard for a new game to come out and just like capture a ton of people because it has to be familiar enough that it's comfortable for a lot of people to get into, but also still good and innovative. And that's probably a really tough balance to hit. And that's why probably for me, a lot of times you hear my top game is just being something that I'm like, this is different Mm -hmm. because that striking that balance to me, I feel like striking that balance holds back a lot of games from like true greatness where i'm like death stranding like is not held back by anything he's like i'm gonna do whatever the fuck i want to do you like it or don't like it but then i think you get that maximum like all the way of what they wanted as their vision and then it's fantastic like a truly unique experience yeah exactly whereas you, you you might be you might see an idea that's really excellent and then start playing and then you get bogged down by being like, oh, there's like a tower that when I clear, it's going to reveal <laughs> the map. And so it's like, okay, well, I understand that that's kind of like something we have to do in games, but it 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 brings down the possibility, I feel like, or it can. That was innovative 10 years ago and made the open world feel more real. Now it's like we clearly see that as like a, this is a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Not a gimmick, but that's just how the that's how the progression is in this game. And you're like, well, I've already played this game. Yeah, that's I've true done, too. I've cleared the map. I've done a hundred towers. And there's, I'm not saying that there's not a place in our time and place for those games, but I just feel like a lot of games kind of just fall into that. We're open world. 
It's, you know, clearing shit. Even like Hogwarts Legacy. I'm shocked at how much of an open world game that was. I thought it was going to be a, a tad bit more linear, like a tighter space, but the map is huge in that thing. Just even with the like the clearing towers, I enjoy that. I really do. But when I see that, I think to myself like, oh, it's like probably this is not going to be like a favorite game of all time. Like it's going to yes. be something I'm really going to enjoy, but I don't think mm-hmm. it's going to hit anything like new for me. And of course, that's going to be different for for everyone is going to have a different experience with that. But even people who might not play a ton of games, I think that gets tired because it really like that open world is like most games. Yeah. So hopefully, like we talked about earlier, we get some like narrative first person shooters back and even these multiplayer games, I want multiplayer games. If you, that's what everybody's going to make nowadays, but just, just try to do something different. You'll stand out by being different. Yeah, agreed. And make it, try to have some kind of content complete. That's different. You'll stand <laughs> out there. You'll definitely stand out by being like, we're not going to add anything in post. This is the game. If I could like unlock a weapon instead of having to buy it, that'd be sick. That would be cool. Or, you know, unlocking a cool skin in a game yeah i think i think we'll find out i'm excited for all of these i'm excited for all of these summer blowout events and you'll definitely it'll behoove you to stay tuned here and we'll obviously cover all of these as they come out yeah 1000 percent. this is definitely the calm before the storm like this week was a little bit slower but it's gonna start ramping up here soon the games are coming out the games are fantastic so but we're in a good we're in a good mood we're in a good groove with games and now the news just needs to catch up yeah i agree i'm excited to get back to playing at meet your maker and excited to hear all of you out there if you either write in for questions or just to hear what you're playing yeah but um that is all we have for go for bronze episode 25 do you have any other closing comments, Mark? No, just thank you. Uh, I guess I do. Uh, let's say thank you for listening. You know, we really appreciate it. Welcome you back. Hopefully you come back next week. And then also don't feel bad about eating ice cream. Don't, don't, don't think it's, a, don't think it's a, yeah, don't feel bad about eating ice cream. Go get your 16 ounce, your pint sized concrete and feel good about it. Yeah, you be, be a fat little pig. Yeah, you deserve it. You deserve it. And that's all we have for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Goodbye.